You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Yes. All I can say is as long as I'm not having the six babies, we're good. <laughs> Kia ora, everybody. No my hi and my welcome. Especially welcome to those online. Bonnie Campus, can we welcome our online Fano over there? So great to have you all joining us, watching, and a special welcome as well if you are a guest. If it's your first Sunday with us, I don't know if we've got many spare seats in the room. You guys are packing it in today. And uh, we've been having a great time over the last few weeks. We've been doing a series called Little Big Life. We're in week number four. It's our final week today. And uh, over the last three weeks, we have been looking at those little things we can do in our lives that will lead to a big life. Can you remember week one? Week one, we looked at the Word of God, creating a daily habit of getting into the Word of God. Then we uh, talked about creating a daily habit of prayer in our life. A little thing leads to a big life. Last week, Pastor Mike shared a brilliant message on community and how being committed to a biblical, healthy community can be a little thing that can lead to a big life. And today, our topic is stewardship. Turn to the person next to you and say, stewardship. Now, I know that uh, when I say the word stewardship, it would be completely understandable for the first thought to come into your head, that the first thought that comes into your head would be money. She's going to talk about money, finance, dollars. And yes, that is a big part of stewardship. But when I say stewardship, I'm not just talking about money. I am referring to more than just money. In fact, I'm referring to everything. When I say stewardship, I mean everything, and you thought that coming to hear a message about stewardship would be me telling you what to do with your money. Well, it's good news, or maybe it's bad news for you today, because I'm going to get up in here, and I'm going to get all up in your business, not just about your money, I'm about to get up in your business about everything in your life, about your entire life, because when we're talking about stewardship, when I say everything, I mean everything. I mean everything that God has entrusted to you. Everything that he has given you responsibility over or for. And I actually love today, and God planned it this way because I didn't put two and two together until I saw the family and heard Steve um, speaking the words of our dedication today where I thought, what a Sunday to have children dedicated to the Lord. One of the things that God has entrusted us with is our children. What a beautiful thing to see a family stand up here and say, we're going to steward these kids well. Amen? All right. Have you ever participated? Did you ever have to participate in that project at school? And I've mentioned this to you before, where you had to look after an egg. It was an egg-sitting project. You might have heard me talk about the time when I was at school, I think it was about 10 years old, and we had to do this egg project. And yes, I'm talking about an egg, just an egg, just your standard household egg. Uh, You know, the ones that you poach, boil, scramble, fry, whatever. We had to take an egg. We were tasked with the very important job of keeping this egg alive. You had to name your egg. You had to make clothes for your egg, draw a little face on your egg. You had to make a little house for your egg with a little bed for your egg. Well, the very diligent ones did anyone. Anyway, and you had to keep it alive. Well, 
actually, more importantly, you had to keep it whole. <laughs> you had to keep this egg in one piece. Eventually, they all got cracked or squashed, and some landed in desks, and, you know, we had those old-school lift-up desks. Some of them got caught under that wooden bit. Uh, some got squashed under piles of books inside desks. Some just fell and dropped on the floor. Some rolled off tables to their eggy doom. It was really quite a stressful few weeks of egg sitting. I can remember one particular day, we all got jealous that the teacher's pet had kept her egg longer than everyone else's. And so while everyone was out at lunch one day, a group of us took her egg out the back and squashed it under a rock. I know what you're thinking, but can I just remind you today that we are all sinners saved by grace. The whole thing seems really, really silly, but it was a valuable lesson in stewardship. Can you take responsibility for something given to you? Can you take care of it? Can you be selfless concerning it? Can you invest into it? Give time to it? Take responsibility for it? And so today we're talking about all those things that the Lord has entrusted to you. All of those things that have been, you have been given responsibility or stewardship over or of. Money, yes, but also marriage, also family, kids. What about your possessions, your home, your car? What about your talents and your gifts? If you're an employer, what about your employees? Or those, the people that come under you, the people that you lead, if you're an employee, how about your job? It's been entrusted to you. What about our time? It's been entrusted to us, our words, our body. And so I'm asking the question, what does it mean every day in our lives to steward well all that has been entrusted to us? Well, I've got three things. The first thing is this. Number one, we submit it. This is the first responsibility that we have when we're stewarding everything. We submit it with everything. Our first responsibility is submitting it to the Lord. We're talking here about lordship. This is about lordship, living your life with the belief that everything you have belongs to the Lord. Everything you have is his. And so good stewardship says, I'm going to live my life believing and living as though and doing that the best, the first and best belong to God. I honor him with my first and I honor him with my best. There's this thing that all the girls do on social media, right? And it's called a fit check. If you've got teenagers in the room, or you're a gen whatever, Y, Z, anyway, G, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you will know what a fit check is, but for those, who are, for those of us who are old people in the room, and we don't know what that means, it means like an outfit check. It's one way of saying, hey, everybody, check out my outfit. And so they post a video or a photograph of the outfit, and then they go and tag all the different places where the items in the outfit are from. So you, some of you are looking at it like, what is this? Uh, so they might say, like, my blazer is from Kmart, and my shoes are from Novo, and my top is from Cotton On, and my earrings are a gift from somebody. Can I tell you today that some of us need to make that practice a practice that we do with our own lives? And this is how it should go. Were we to do a fit check in our lives? It should go like this. My job, it came from the Lord. 
My marriage, also from the Lord. My talents, they were a gift from the Lord. My money, they were from the Lord. First Chronicles 29 verse 13 says, Now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Listen to this. It says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything we have was his in the first place. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. James 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Psalm 50 verse 10, for all the animals of the forest of mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Romans 11 verse 36, for everything comes from him and exists by him and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever, amen. See, when we submit all that we have to the Lord, we are acknowledging that all we have is from him, and so it is only right that I submit it back to him. It is an act that establishes lordship in my life. God gets my first because he gets my lordship. He gets lordship. This is the principle of the tithe. The principle of the tithe says the first 10% is God's. Why? Because I am establishing his lordship in the area of my finances. And so I give my first and my best to God. I submit my marriage to God's leading, God's guidance and his ways. Why? because I am establishing lordship in this area of my life. I submit my gifts and my talents to him, to his will, his timing, and his purposes. Why? Because I am establishing lordship in this area of my life. It all belongs to him. And so I submit everything back to him again. So let me encourage you to ask yourself this question today. In my family, how am I putting God first? In my finances, in my job, how am I putting God first? With my time, how am I putting God first? In my marriage, in my home, with my children, how am I putting God first? Number one, our primary, our first responsibility with all that God has entrusted to us is that we submit it. We submit it to him. Number two, stewardship means this. It means we grow it. Stewardship means we grow it. Where submission is about lordship, growth is about faithfulness. Faithfulness with all that he has entrusted to us. There's a parable in the Bible. It's a parable of the talents. And it teaches us that when it comes to stewardship, God actually expects for us to grow that which he has entrusted to us. The parable describes a master who goes away leaving his possessions with three servants. He entrusted five to one, two to another, and one to a third, two, five, two, and one talents. On his return, they all brought him back what he had entrusted to them. The servants that had given the five talents and the two talents came back and they had multiplied. They had become fruitful with what the, what the talents that he gave them. And so he praised them. He praised them for their faithfulness. He said, you are faithful. But the third was so afraid that he put his talent in the ground and he buried it out of fear. And the Bible says that the master was unimpressed that the servant had done nothing to grow that which was entrusted to him. When I was about 17, I was invited to house sit 
for a lady, an elderly lady, an elderly couple in our church who was a, fa- a friend of the family and was going overseas for a, a couple of months. Like it was a decent amount of time. It was quite long. And so she, she owned a beautiful home in Highland Park and invited me to come and said, will you house it? Will you look after my home? And so we, I moved in there for, for this good few months. But she also had plants. Lots and lots of plants. Now, I've inherited this, um, this really bad genetic disorder where I'm really bad at keeping plants alive. Um, and so after about eight weeks, she came home and I managed to kill off every last plant. Now, as a grown-up now, I understand how that would have been incredibly infuriating <laughs> for the poor lady who owned the plants. I killed off every last plant. Why, you ask, how? How could you have done that? Well, I did nothing to keep them alive. I did nothing to make them grow. And we are at risk, can I tell you, every day of the same fate in our lives, in those areas that God has entrusted us to steward because so often we do nothing to allow those things or promote those things to grow. See, often we can have this attitude that says, I want the big life, and yet have to ask myself, am I being faithful with the little that has been entrusted to me? I can remember a number of years ago, Steve challenged me on this. He challenged me on a gift that I had been entrusted with, but I wasn't stewarding. He challenged me about my writing and my my speaking ability, and he said, you only sit down to write something and put pen to paper when someone asks you to speak, which at that time was about every three or four months. He said, so you go months and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end, not working on your gift. He said these words, you have a gift, but you aren't fanning it into flame. See, I might want to preach but am I working on my gift on and off the platform? I might want a great marriage, but am I putting in the effort and investment into my marriage in a way that's going to help it grow? You might want a pay rise, but are you using the money that you already have in a way that shows that you are faithful with the little you've already been given? You might want a new opportunity or for a door to open to you into bigger and better things, but are we nurturing the opportunities that sit right in front of us? Luke 16, 10 says, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. To steward well what God has entrusted us, we have to grow it. We have to grow it. And so we need to ask ourselves this question, is there any area in my life that I need to commit to grow so that I can steward better? Is it in the area of your marriage? Is it in the area of parenting? You know, like awesome kids don't just pop out. Well, they do, but actually we got to learn how to be great parents and raise great kids. We've got to grow in this area of our parenting. Is it in your gifts or in your serving? Is it in your finances or in your employment? Where in your life do you need to grow that which God has entrusted to you? We must grow it. The third and final thing that we gotta do, if we're gonna steward well, here it is, number three, we need to share it. We need to submit it, 
We need to grow it. And then God asks us to share it. Where submission is about lordship, growth is about faithfulness, uh, sharing it is about generosity. This is about generosity. See, each of the gifts that were given to the church and described in the New Testament, the Bible says all bar one, all the gifts that you read about, bar one, which is tongues, were given for the common good of everyone else. They were given to build the church. They were not given for us to hold on to all to ourselves. And Acts 2, which is the scripture we've been looking at for the last four weeks, paints the picture of sharing it so beautifully when it says, Acts 2 verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see, the world says every man for himself. And yet God's church says every man for each other. My, your good is my good. Your gift is a gift to me. My gift is a gift to you. My blessing is your blessing. Your blessing is my blessing. My words are given for your building up and your words are given for my building up. I'm gonna ask the band to come and join me now. See, as I was preparing this message this week, I was actually led to uh, um, the scripture in 1 Samuel about a woman named Hannah. And in 1 Samuel, we meet Hannah who's childless. She has no children, and yet, of course, she desperately, her heart's desire is that she would have a child. And she and her family would go regularly to the temple to pray. And when they would go, Hannah would go and she would cry out to God in her desperation. She would cry out to him and she would lift up her prayers for a child. And in one of those desperate cries, she says this. She says, Lord, give me a son and I will give him back to you. We read further on in 1 Samuel that God gives her a son and she is faithful to that promise that she makes to the Lord. See, Hannah's prayer, what I realized this week, was actually one of stewardship. Lord, entrust me with something, and I'll give it back to you for your purposes and your glory. Lord, entrust me with something, and I'll submit it. I'll grow it, and I'll share it. And I think that often we make similar promises to the Lord, don't we? We so often make, oh, God, please, please, please let me get that job and I'll, I'll go to church every Sunday. <laughs> you know, we, we pray these kinds of prayers where we, we want the Lord to entrust us with something and we make all these grand promises and the question is not actually, will God be faithful to answer our prayer? The question is, will we be faithful to submit it, to grow it, and to share it? If God gives you a home, will you open it up? If he blesses you with a home, will, he, will you open it up to heap blessing and hospitality 
on other people. There's an amazing family that comes to mind in our church right now who have a beautiful home and they are so generous with opening it up. Why? So that others can receive the blessing of that home as well. If God gives you a pay rise, will you be faithful to give your first and best to him? If God gives you that job, will you be like the best employee ever, 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 blessing the socks off your boss and and growing in that role? If God gives you gifts and talents, will you bury it? Or will you actually use it for the common good to build others up, to build the body of Christ, to see his name glorified through it? Will you, with all that God has entrusted you with, will you submit it to his lordship? Will you be faithful to grow it? And will you share it generously? Come on, would you join me? I'm gonna pray pray over us today. And I just encourage you, to make this prayer your own prayer as you consider all those things that the Lord has entrusted uh, you with. Let's make this our prayer today. Lord, we come to you now both in the room and online and we say thank you for all you have entrusted us with. We acknowledge today that it all comes from you. Everything we have is from you and it is our heart's desire to glorify you with it. Show us areas in our lives where we need to submit it, where we need to grow it, and where we need to share it. Help us to be faithful stewards of what we have. Help us to be generous with that which you have generously poured out on us. In Jesus' name. I'm just gonna ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed want to just speak to a particular group of people today, and I'm not just talking to those in the room, I'm speaking to you if you're watching online as well. I wonder if there are some people in the room and you would say, look, to be honest, Bex, I am far from God today. I don't really have a relationship with Him. Maybe you've joined with a friend or a family member today. Perhaps you just stumbled across our service online. Well, I want to I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment and I'm gonna invite every single person, whether you're in the room or online, to join me in praying this prayer because I wanna let you know today that God loves you. It doesn't matter what state you came in this room with or what state you feel like you're sitting in as you watch today, God loves you with an unconditional, no strings attached love and he has got a plan for your life that is more than you could possibly imagine but we all walk away from him. We are all far from him at points and times in our life. And this right here is an invitation to come back to him again. He always extends that open invitation. See, he loved you so much that he didn't want you to bear the debt of sin, that he sent his son Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth, die a sinner's death on a cross to pay the debt that you and I would do for our sin. And today, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And in that prayer, we can be reconciled back to God again and start a relationship with him today. Come on, let's pray together. I'll pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Are you ready? We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. 
Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due for my sin. Thank you for your forgiveness today. I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you now. Would you come into my life and make me brand new today? Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for me. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to be able to see and acknowledge who I prayed for today. You can participate in this if you're watching online as well. There's a button coming up. It's gonna say, I raise my hand. You can just click that button in the room. I'm gonna count to three. And on the count of three, I'd love to invite you to raise your hand. Just raise it up, pop it up nice and high. I'll acknowledge it, I'll see it. Then you can pop it straight back down. I'm not gonna ask you to get out of your seat. I'm not gonna ask you to come down the front. I just simply want to acknowledge those who prayed that prayer. Are you ready? One, two, three. You're saying, Bex, count me in. You can raise your hand. Yeah, awesome. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer online? I see you. Yes, thank you. On this side of the room. Awesome. Yeah, see you. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? Prayed it. Maybe it wasn't the first time you prayed it, but you just know today, you know right now that you need to get your life right with God. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in? Awesome. I see you up there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for every person who prayed that prayer. We thank you that you can, you've given them new life today. And for that, God, we just know and believe that that is something to celebrate. God, we thank you for the plans that you have for them. I pray your blessing and your protection over them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church. Would you give God your praise? Awesome. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz